your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June 18th, 2021. Your boy Q here. You know, you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. Also, you can always hit up that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. And we're here on this Friday to finish off the week really, really strong. And I'll tell you, and this is not a humble brag, Raider Nation, but I do want to let you know that as far as the NFL part of the network goes, right now it's the offseason. So, uh, actually, we're all allowed to do three days. And... And I'm not saying that every single NFL host is do, doing three days, but a lot of them are because, you know, the, the news is slow and and there's not a whole lot going on. And so content is kind of hard to come up with at this time. But I feel like here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, we have so many good things to talk about. There's no reason to go three days. We've got to go hard in the paint and do five days, you know, Monday through Friday, each and every day. I, I just think that that's just what we got to do. So we're going to keep it up. But I just I just love it because there's so much good conversation. Sometimes it's a question that you generate. Sometimes it's a topic you generate. And then we roll with it. But I definitely appreciate all the feedback because, again, it keeps the, the juices flowing as far as the show goes, even through the offseason. So coming up on today's show, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. And then a segment number two I mentioned it on Thursday want to talk about unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby and unique came out and said a, a, some, a big statement he made a big statement about the fact that him and Max Crosby could be the best duo tag team partners as far as sack specialists concern, are concerned in the NFL. So I kind of want to break that down. want to talk about it a little bit. You'll hear that comment from Unique Ngakwe. You'll hear the comment from Gus Bradley about Max Crosby and his snaps. And then we'll go from there. So that's all coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day has to do with the Raiders and, of course, the NFL as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So off top, the Raiders made a couple of roster moves on Thursday. I was actually kind of surprised by this, but the news came out. The Raiders sent out an email saying that they signed free agents cornerback Devontae Bosby and then linebacker Darren Lee, uh, a six foot, 290-pound cornerback. That's Bosby. He, uh, he joins the team after playing with the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Bears, and the Chiefs over his fi- first five years in the league. He was originally signed as an undrafted free agent by the Chiefs as a rookie. He also played in the AAF League uh, as a member of the San Antonio Commanders. So that's Bosby. He's a guy that I don't think is really going to be a big deal. I think he's a guy that's going to contribute uh, as far as uh, training camp goes and, and may be able to give a couple guys a reps off. But I don't think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be really in there battling for playing time. But over the course of his career, he's playing 20 games with three starts. He had 58 tackles, 51 of them solo, and then eight passes defense. Uh, also, Talking about uh, Darren Lee. Now, remember Darren Lee, he was a first-round pick, number 20 overall by the Jets coming out of Ohio State. And I'll tell you right now, I never thought Darren Lee was a big player. I never thought he was a good player. I remember that year when he came out in 2016. I remember there was conversations that the Raiders might go ahead and draft him because they needed linebacker help. Well, the Raiders have needed linebacker help for a long time, but all I kept saying leading up to that draft was don't draft Lee. Don't draft Lee. Don't draft Lee. He is a product of Ohio State. He's not that good. Well, 
So far, he's been in leagues since 2016. He's played with the Jets from 2016 to 2018. He played with the Chiefs in 2019. Played with the Bills in 2020. He's been in 58 games, had 38 starts. He's had 260 tackles, four sacks, three picks, and included one return for a touchdown, 11 passes defense, and two forced fumbles. And I know it sounds like some decent numbers, but I just don't think he's very good. Now, again, I don't think he's a big-time player. I think he's a guy that's going to go out there and provide some depth during training camp. He's a guy that's going to take some reps from the guys that are actually going to be there. But who knows? Maybe he gets with Gus Bradley and he's something's able to click. But I just have not seen it. He's only been in the league since 2016, and he's been on the Jets. That's one. The Chiefs, that's two. The Bills, that's three. And now the Raiders. That's four teams he's been on, and he's only been in the league since 2016. So I don't think that it's a, you know, a big deal. I don't think that signing him means that there you go. You got a former first-round draft pick. Boy, the, the linebacking core is going to be so much better now. I just think he's a guy. I don't think it's a big deal. Just think he's a guy. And, of course, to make room for these two guys that they added on uh, Thursday, they had to go ahead and wave somebody, so they waved cornerback. TJ Morrison. So that's what uh, that's what the Raiders did as far as roster moves on Thursday. Sticking with the Raiders, quarterback Derek Carr made a lot of noise when he said when he met with the media, talking about he'd rather quit than play for another team. Some folks took it as a positive. Some to folks took it as he's trying to trap the Raiders. I mean, it was just, it's been so many different mixed emotions on what Derek Carr meant when he said that. And look, Derek Carr is a very calculated guy, but there's no way, in my opinion, I think it's a bad thing that he said that. I just, I don't even think it was something he had to say. I think it was a message he sent to the fans saying, hey, I'm here. I'm working my tail off to try to get us where we need to be. But Hunter Renfro, he was on Sirius XM NFL radio talking about all kind of things Raiders related. And he was asked about the comments by Derek Carr and what he thought about it. So here he is, Hunter Renfro, talking about Derek Carr's statements about wanting to uh, quit rather than play for another team. I actually, I, I think I saw it on Twitter and I screenshotted it and sent it to him and said, I love this. Because, I mean, that's who you want as a quarterback. That's who you want as a leader. I mean, a guy who's going to give everything he has um, because he's made a ton of money. Like, he doesn't need any more money. He's going out there to play football. He's doing it because he loves it. I mean, he could retire now and play golf every day. He could do whatever he wants. He has, you know, four kids. He could hang out with them every single day. But, you know, he loves football. And so he wants to be around us. um, And he, you know, loves the Raiders. And that's one thing that I've noticed in the three years I've been with him is, you know, those – he definitely had his priorities in line with, you know, God coming first and his family and then football – um, but he takes football very seriously, and um, his teammates, he treats them the best. And um, We just love being about, around a guy like that. So there you go. Hunter Renfro really was feeling the comments made by Derek Carr and saying, hey, that's the kind of guy we want to be around. That's the kind of leader you want to have. That's the kind of quarterback you want to have. So uh, as far as Hunter Renfro goes, two thumbs up for the statement made by Derek Carr. Also, on a Thursday show, I had mentioned all the rules that the NFL and the NFLPA kind of rolled out for uh, for the vaccination of, of players and staff members that are vaccinated as opposed to the ones that are unvaccinated. And there's some players that are pushing back. You know, that's that's a major, major thing. I mean, I talked about it and I said, hey, the NFL can't actually tell you you have to get vaccinated, but they're doing everything that they can to basically force you to get vaccinated, regardless if you believe it or not. And uh, one Cole Beasley from the Buffalo Bills, he actually came out and had a lot to say he said look the players association is a joke call it something different it's not for the players everyone gives me the 98 percent of people who are vaccinated don't get COVID again the odds of me getting in the NFL and playing for 10 years are lower than that and I'm here so basically, he's one of the guys that's been pushing back. You know, there's been a few players across the league that have been pretty vocal about, 
I don't want to get vaccinated. I don't think I need to get vaccinated. You're not showing me proof that I have to get vaccinated. But again, there's a lot of uh, rules that have been put in place that really put the players that are unvaccinated and the coaching staff that are unvaccinated in a very, very bad situation. Again, unvaccinated individuals, including players, also will be prohibited from gathering outside of the club, facility, or team travel per the memo. This includes gatherings for meetings, practices, or training activities unless approved by the NFL and NFLPA. Then the memo goes on to say that NFL players who aren't fully vaccinated will be banned from nightclubs, bars, house parties, concerts, etc. with the NFL and clubs allowed to issue fines of a game check up to $50,000 for a first offense and more thereafter for violating that protocol. Big financial consequences. So again, they're trying to put the squeeze on without actually saying, hey, this is the deal. You have to do this. They're just trying to make sure. And I don't know. Some people hit me up and like, well, Q, I mean, what does it really prove if it's not even 100% sure that it's going to be guaranteed to work? Why do they have to do this? And I said, look, at the end of the day, man, it's something that they want to do. The NFL feels like they need to say and put this mandate there to feel like they're doing what they need to do to be right by their staff members, their coaches and, and training staff, and also their players in their league and showing that they're being as safe as possible. But either way, I mean, if that's the league that you work for, that's the company you work for, you've got to go ahead and, and do what you got to do for the best of, of your league and also for your well, your, your well-being. You know what I mean? It's just, it is how it is. I mean, look, I mean, there's, there's jobs out there right now that I'm looking at that I know damn well they want, you know, someone to be 100% vaccinated to be in the building. So guess what I did? I wouldn't make sure I was 100% vaccinated, so there's no excuse why I can't get that job. Now, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, I talk about him quite a bit. Uh, he always joins my show, on, and now it's on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Either way, he was on on Thursday, and I asked him about these protocols, and, uh, about you know players getting vaccinated and, and why they need to get it done, and what were his thoughts. Here he is. Here's John McClain talking about players and coaches around the league getting vaccinated. Here's why, if you're dumb enough not to get vaccinated, you have to live with the protocols of last season, and they are extensive. And most important, you can't go to strip clubs. If you're vaccinated, you can go to strip clubs. That's what they should have put out. <laughs> and so if you're not vaccinated and you have to be quarantined, you're going to cost yourself a game. You're going to cost your team. You're going to hurt your fans, and you're going to hurt the organization. And there's no reason not to get vaccinated other than you being obstinate. Agents are encouraging players to get vaccinated. They know the importance of being vaccinated. And also, if a team has 85% who've been vaccinated, they can all live by the uh, pre-COVID-19 protocols. Although the ones who haven't been vaccinated still have to wear masks and be socially distant, distance, but if you can, it's one thing in basketball or baseball where you play a lot of games or golf like John Rahm and cost him a championship. Chris Paul now, you know, there's a report he's vaccinated, but until he says he's vaccinated, you know, it's still up in the air. And, um, but with so few NFL games, with everything being crucial, you know, what if the Cowboys were one game from the playoffs and all of a sudden, a couple of players who weren't vaccinated were around somebody who had COVID-19 and they had to be quarantined and it cost them a couple of games and cost the Cowboys playoffs. How selfish is that? How moronic is that? And the other thing is, if, say, Q, you and Ward and Steven are competing 
for a job on the roster and you have not been vaccinated and they have your history. Right. They'll never say that. They can't. But if they need to cut guys who are not vaccinated and find guys who are to help them get to that 85%, you can be sure they'll be doing that. So there was the great John McClain right there from the Houston Chronicle talking about vaccinations and why players and coaches all need to have the vaccination and what the downfall is if they don't have the vaccinations. And, you know, that last little tidbit that he dropped in there about, hey, man, if it comes down to one roster spot and one guy's vaccinated and the other guy's not, you're not going to get that job if you're not vaccinated. And that's not, you know, that's not something that the NFL could technically do. But they could do it in silence. You know what I mean? It's like moving in silence. You could do it without saying that you're doing it. It's something that's going to happen, no doubt about it. So it just makes all the sense in the world for these players and coaches and staff members to all be vaccinated so there's no questions asked. And John Gruden's been very vocal about it and feels like, you know, the well, first of all, the whole coaching staff is vaccinated, so that's awesome. And then the players, he's feeling like they're all in a really good position, and he's hoping that they could all get vaccinated by the time training camp comes around and, and is wanting them all, but he still feels like the team is in really, really good Really good position but man that's something that they really need to do if they want to have a fighting chance that'll give you actually a, a competitive edge if you're all vaccinated as opposed to not being vaccinated and that's nothing political before someone hits me up and says stop talking politics it's nothing political it's just a real deal truth as far as the nfl and the league and what they want you to do it ain't got nothing to do with me don't kill the messenger. I'm just letting it be known. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day as we close out this week. Coming up in segment number two, Unique Ngakwe. He met with the media on Wednesday and was talking about himself and Max Crosby being the best or could potentially be the best sack artist duo in the league. So we'll hear from Unique. We'll hear from Gus Bradley. We'll talk about it all coming up in segment number two. Before we get into it, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball season, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, all of that's going on right now. So before the next pitch, the next home run, the next slam dunk or three-pointer, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines and get into the game again head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit but you can't get the 50 percent welcome bonus unless you use the promo code locked on that's betonline.ag promo code locked on that'll get you a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts segment number two it's on the way your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to dip into the conversation I wanted to have about Yannick Ngakwe, new free agent Raiders picked up from uh, Baltimore. He was in Minnesota in 2020 and then came from Jacksonville before that. So Jacksonville, Minnesota, Baltimore, boom. Now he's in Las Vegas. He had a media session on Wednesday uh, following the, the mandatory minicamp day two, really the last day of mandatory minicamp. They didn't do anything on Thursday. And he had some glowing remarks to say about Max Crosby. And he also had some glowing remarks to say about what the two of them as a duo can do like a Batman and a Robin type situation and the reason I want to bring this up is because everyone got excited including myself when Khalil Mack was on the Raiders and they went out in free agency and got Bruce Irvin I thought man that's going to be great remember it was the those two they were going to be the duo and it didn't work out that way um, Khalil Mack was the dude I mean he was absolutely no doubt about it the man and Bruce Irvin he came through every once in a while but he didn't come through as much as everyone expected him to do so unique and got 
Ngakwe is out there. He's talking very confidently, and he's saying that Max Crosby and him are going to be the best duo in the league as far as one-two punch uh, getting to the quarterback. So uh, before we get into the conversation, here's what Unique Ngakwe had to say about himself and Max Crosby, really when asked about just Max Crosby. I think that uh, Max and myself are the best duo that's going to come hit the scene, and I'm already putting that out there, and I feel like the NFL has, uh, you know, they kind of shot away from that, and that's cool. But uh, Max is a hard worker. He's a guy that uh, he's putting in the work. Literally, I'm just I'm lifting weights right now. Max is in there doing things to get better. So it's the dedication, the commitment. And I can play all day with a guy like that. So there's Unique Ngakwe talking about Max Crosby saying that he believes they'll be the best duo. And the NFL doesn't really have those best duos anymore, but he believes he, they could be one and be a special one. Ngakwe in 2020 had eight sacks in 15 games. He's had 46 and a half sacks in five seasons. So you do the math on that. He's pretty stinking good at getting to the quarterback, right? That's basically averaging nine sacks a season. And so that would be great for the Raiders. That would have led the Raiders in 2020. Max Crosby, he had seven sacks in 16 games. He's had 17 in two seasons so far in the NFL. So right there, I mean, between those two guys in 2020, they both had 15 sacks. The Raiders defensive line as a unit only had 21 total sacks in uh, in 2021 or 2020. So uh, obviously that would be really nice to see those two come together like that and be a, a really good duo. Now, the thing about it is I'm under the belief that Max Crosby is not going to get as many snaps as Ngakwe because both of these guys are, are suspect against the run. So I don't think that they're going to be out there like a lot of Raider Nation is probably thinking, okay, he's talking about that. That's going to be the two starting defensive ends, you know, Crosby on one end and Ngakwe on the other one. If they're coming screaming off the edge, there's nobody that can that's setting the edge and, and, and being able to stop the run. That's the biggest problem. Crosby's not very good against the run, and Ngakwe, even though he has 46 and a half sacks in five seasons in the league, he's not very good against the run either. Neither one of those guys you would mistake for Stellar against the run. And so uh, earlier in the week, matter of fact, on Wednesday as well, uh, new defensive coordinator Gus Bradley was asked by Vinny Bonsignor about Max Crosby's snaps. And Vinny's been of the belief that Max was going to get less snaps in 2021 as well and think that, hey, less is more for Max. The less snaps you give him, the more production you're going to see. And you can go back to his rookie year where he didn't have any, that many snaps, or he, not that many, but he didn't have as many snaps. He wasn't out there as much as he was in 2021, and he came away with 10 sacks. So here's Gus Bradley talking about the potential reduced snaps for Max Crosby. I, w I would say this, that, you know, our philosophy is you can never have enough rushers. Uh, I think that's been going back. I mean, probably a lot of teams believe that. But I think we want to make sure we keep guys fresh, and Max is a very good player. And he's come in in great shape now. I like the way he looks, the way he's practicing. He's leaned up, he's fast, and uh, been very impressed with him. So we've got a number of guys like that. I, you know, it's, we're hoping that I mean, we we can send two lines at people, not just one group. That we can stay fresh with the players. So uh, you know, those edge guys are very important to us, and you know, and the inside guys creating that push. So I mentioned this on Thursday's show that that sounded like from defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, Max Crosby's probably going to be the leader of the second line you know so I think Unique Ngakwe and Clee Furl will be the starters in the first line and Max Crosby and maybe even maybe even Malcolm Koontz the rookie maybe he's a guy that could slide in there uh, a lot of good things have been said about him so far now of course it's only OTAs and mandatory minicamp uh, we'll know uh, a lot more about him when the Bullets become live in training camp and they got the pads on they're flying around you'll learn a lot more about Malcolm Koontz I mean maybe a guy 
like um, Carl Nassib, if he ends up sticking around, I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, I don't know what his, uh, you know, his trajectory looks like for the, the, the roster. I know he fell out. He was in the doghouse in 2020 for a while. So it just sounds like they're going to have a healthy rotation. I've been saying that for a while, which still doesn't mean that they can't be a great one-two duo. I just don't think that they're going to be on the field that much together, again, because they're both liabilities in the run game. But with that being said, if Crosby gets a little bit less snaps than he had, and I, I know he wants to be out there all the time, if he gets less snaps than he had in 2020 and could be more effective, especially fresh towards the end of games, and he can come away with closer to 10 sacks instead of seven sacks, and seven sacks is not a bad season for him. But if he can get there around 10 and Ngakwe and can get there around 10, that's already 20. I believe you're going to get, you know, plenty of sacks from, not plenty, you'll get like three or four from, you know, Malcolm Kuntz in a limited role. Uh, again, if Nassib is on the roster, you'll probably get a couple from him. Uh, I think you'll get a couple from the defensive tackle position. I mean, there is a good opportunity, but I also wanted to go a step further. And Unique Ngakwe was asked about how much pressure he's putting on himself since he did come into the Raiders as that free agent. They went to get him because he's a guy who can get after the quarterback. How much pressure does he have on himself to be the sack specialist that the Raiders have been missing? And it's very interesting. And again, going back to him and Max Crosby is a great one-two punch. What his answer is to that question. Check it out. I just want to be the motor to this defense, you know, the motor to the defensive line. Uh, Max and myself, we're both uh, identifying ourselves as uh, the guys that need to put this team on our back as far as the defensive side of the ball. And guys will follow uh, as, as it goes. You know, we just have to set that standard. And um, from here on out. That's what's going to happen. The other years don't matter anymore. It's a whole new era. So I love that answer. And the reason I love that answer is because he was being asked about himself. And he said, hey, he wants to be the motor. He wants to make it go. But he brought Max Crosby back into the conversation after having glowing remarks about Max Crosby. So to me, I feel like they've sat down and had conversations. I feel like they've sat down with Gus Bradley and they've been told, hey, you guys need to make everything go. You guys need to be the engines that make this defense go. We're relying on you guys to get it done. Regardless if you're starting, if you're coming in on the second string, regardless, you're going to get plenty of snaps to get plenty of production and really lead by example. And it sounds like Ngakwe is taking on a big-time leadership role as well and going to kind of help mentor Max Crosby, who I believe has all the talent in the world and is only going to get better as, you know, as he gets uh, deeper and deeper into the league and put more years under his belt and gets stronger, which it looks like he's done that in the offseason. Looks like he's coming in great shape, which you heard Gus Bradley talk about that earlier. So uh, I got a tweet from AK Hilla 11, AK Hilla 11 on Twitter. And uh, he asked, You kind of touched on it a couple days ago, but why do you think Ngakwe has been on so many teams recently? I know you used to say that there's a reason Trent Brown has bounced around. Wondering if there's a concern with Ngakwe. That's from AK Hilla 11. And you know, the thing I'll say about that is in Jacksonville, he moved on because he didn't get paid. And he, at some point when they didn't give him that money, he had already basically said like, okay, I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to sign long-term. I mean, he let it be known even before he played the last season he played there. I'm not going to be here long-term. They disrespected me. Uh, they were supposed to give me a contract. Regardless of whatever happened in the background, uh, it did not happen. So he said, hey, I just want out. And so they decided to move on from him before they got nothing from him. So they traded him to Minnesota. Now, I think the biggest problem that happened in Minnesota is the fact that he doesn't stop the run. He doesn't, he's not one of those guys. And, and Mike Zimmer, the head coach there in Minnesota, he wants a guy that can do everything. Those guys on the defensive line, man, they're not just one trick ponies. They're guys that can do just about everything. Yeah, they can get to the quarterback, but they're stout against the run as well. So I just don't think he was a very good fit there in Minnesota. Then he goes to Baltimore. He's part of a rotation there, and he ends up hitting free agency. And Baltimore is one of those organizations that allows teams or allows guys to walk 
when they get to free agency because they feel confident in who they have coming up behind them. So Baltimore went out, made the move for him, thought, okay, this could be a good in-season guy that, that we could bring in and, and make our defense a little bit nastier. And, and I mean, he did his job there in, in, uh, in Baltimore, but he just, I don't think he took that leadership role because I don't think he was really ever a, really a Baltimore Raven. I mean, he got traded in the middle of the season. So as far as he goes, I really don't have concerns about him. He sounds like, and he looks like he's actually in the best shape and best place mindset of, of his career so far. I think he loves being back with Gus Bradley, and that's really going to be the biggest key. He had plenty of success with Gus Bradley when they were in Jacksonville. I think Gus Bradley knows how to push the right buttons and get the most out of Ngakwe. And again, he just sounds like he's taking on that leadership role. So I think that Crosby and Ngakwe, and I'm going to say it right now, uh, I think that Ngakwe is going to come up with 10 sacks, and I think Crosby's going to fall a little bit short. I think he's going to come up with eight. So I think there's going to be 18 sacks between the two of those guys in 2021, 2022, as long as they stay healthy, of course. But, I mean, I, I just think that those two guys in their certain roles, again, I don't think Crosby's going to be out there, uh, you know, across from Ngakwe a lot, unless it's on third down and they're just kind of pinning their ears back third and long, pin their ears back and go. But if there's any chance of the run, man, I don't think both guys could be out there at the same time because they're a liability against the run. I think Malcolm Kuntz is going to help out a lot. Like I mentioned before, I think the defensive tackles are going to help out. And that rotation that they have on the defensive line, you heard Gus Bradley say, we like to have one and two lines that can get after the quarterback. And I think that's what you're going to see in 2021. But I do think that both Crosby and Ngakwe are going to lead the Raiders. And if, if Crosby comes up with... Eight to ten sacks, like I believe he's very capable of doing. The Raiders are going to have them, not a dilemma, but they're going to have to, you know, pony up because he'll be going into his final year of his contract and he'll have, like, say he already has 17. Say he picks up 10. He'll have 27. He'll have around, just say he has about 25 sacks in his career in three years. That's not too bad at all, and they're going to have to pony up and decide that, hey, we, we've got to bring him and keep him in the fold. I don't think they're going to want to let him get away, especially with Ngakwe only being on a two-year deal. So I think if Max Crosby can go out there and have a career year, you know, anywhere from eight to ten sacks. I think all of a sudden in the offseason in, in 2022, he's looking at a big payday from the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, I was excited when I heard what Ngakwe had to say. That's why I wanted to save that conversation for just a, another day in a separate segment. I didn't want to just kind of gloss over it because I I like the the way that he said it. I like the the tone that he said it. Sound like he's going to be a leader. It sounds like him and Max Crosby have already been kind of coming up on, you know, on an idea and, and been talking about how they are so responsible for the production as far as getting after the quarterback uh, this upcoming year. And, of course, in the AFC West, man, you got quarterbacks that you're going to have to be able to get to, knock down, sack, create some turnovers, strip the ball. You're going to have to really do that quick, fast, and in a hurry if you're going to want to have success uh, this upcoming year because those are some really good quarterbacks. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and the nine delicious flavors that they have right now. Salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut almond, and of course, coconut. There's something for everyone. You can get you a mixed box. It's got two of each of the nine flavors. It'll get you 18 total bars, and they're 100 percent covered in chocolate they're softer easy to chew and most importantly they taste great they're good for you so that's the that's the biggest key is that they're good for you you want something that's a healthy snack built bar is going to do that for you and if you want to go ahead and, and check out you want to get a, a box or two and when you go to check out you use the promo code locked 15 that's locked 15 it's going to save you 15 percent off your order at checkout so not only are you going to get a great taste in protein bar 
but you're also going to save money at the same time. So BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off when you check out. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Going to finish this week off really, really strong. Let's start off with a text from Raider Reggie from Pomona. He said, what's up, Q? Raider Reggie from Pomona chiming in with a couple things I want to get off my chest. First off, man, Ruggs and Edwards, they're going to go for a combined 1,800 yards and 12 TDs. The run game will definitely be better because of the addition of Drake. He's going to push Josh like Mariota did Carr. Our defense is proved simply by the addition of Gus Bradley. Finally, we have a coordinator that will get our guys to play to their strengths and to play fast, physical, ball out, baby. <laughs> we have depth at every position for the long haul this year. Super depth. Rasul Douglas, uh, Ray Wilson, Gillespie, Isaiah Johnson, Lawson, Hobbs, Amik. Don't get me started with the D-line. Crazy depth. Hankins, Solomon Thomas, Klee, Max, Jefferson, Phylon, Steels, Koontz, just waves. I wanted to bring some positive energy because we're going to the playoffs this year. 11 wins minimum. Just win, baby. Strong emoji from Raider Ridge from Pomona. And that is very, very positive. And, uh, I mean, man, right? I mean, off top, Ruggs and Edwards, if they go for a combined 1,800 yards and 12 TDs, that's an absolute win because what's Darren Waller going to go for? You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, yeah, it all sounds good. And, look, all the players look good on paper. There's a lot of good reason for optimism. But the problem is they've got to be able to sustain it throughout the course of the season. You know, the last couple of years, they're all of a sudden they're in a great position. They're cooking with grease and then they they drop off. And a lot of that is because of lack of depth. Well, this year, like you mentioned, they do have the depth. So my biggest not question, but I just want to observe when it comes down to cut downs from 90 to 53, how much of that depth is still there? You know, what I mean, because you've got to get rid of some guys and you're going to ultimately cut some guys that have some real talent. So that's what I'm going to be interested to see exactly how deep they are when it cuts down to 53 men. But thank you so much for that. And you're right. A lot of uh, confidence and optimism should be around that team because they do have a lot of talent. Next up, got a call from T3 Raider Facts. He hasn't called in a while. He's sending us up to give us five quick hits of the day, including Mike Florio and Chris Sims on Derek Carr. Extension for DC. Divine Diablo missing from camp. Max Crosby and Malcolm Koontz. And a nice little hip-hop swag to it as well. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day and a shout-out to all fathers on Father's Day. Number one, I don't normally give credence to Mike Florio and Chris Sims, but here's one thing they both recently said, which I really believe. Over the course of the last three years, Burton has been trying to install a little badass with an Eric, Derek Carr, and I think he's done that. Now, in 2021, if he can take charge just enough and challenge Gruden at those key critical points, success will follow. Number two, as far as extending Derek Carr is concerned, I think the Raiders have already committed to that by not drafting any quarterbacks over the course of Gruden's second tenure. I wish they'd at least brought in a fourth quarterback for camp this year, but I think Gruden trusts what he's got. Pretty soon, he's going to have to pay for that privilege. Number three, I have to admit, I'm a little worried about the absence so far of Divine Diablo. I hope this doesn't turn out to be another third-round pothole, so I'll just remain hopeful with an ear to the ground. Number four, Crosby and Coons could prove to be an interesting tag team situation. Tag in, get a sack, high five, go to the sidelines, and wait for the next. I'm not a coach, and I don't have any inside information, but sub them out, keep them fresh, and ramp up that production. And number five, Q, you want to beat? Then check this out. Fast, physical, ball out. That's what the defense got to be about. Take it to the limit with never a doubt. Fast, 
physical ball out. And, of course, as always, passion always outlives fashion. There he goes right there, T3 Raider Facts. Thanks for the call. A lot of good stuff. I like that hip-hop swag at the end, man. Nice little effect. Thank you so much for that. Next up, got a text from Raider Rob in Pittsburgh. Says, Q, Raider Rob from Pittsburgh, the car expectation is an easy one. Just win. He needs to win at least 10 games this year before a contract extension is being considered. The only way he'll win 10 or more games is by extending more plays and taking care of the ball. He has to have better pocket awareness and not go down just because someone put a hand on him. On a side note, I know not every listener is a hockey fan, but the hockey playoffs is another animal. I encourage everyone to tune into the Knights home game just one time. The Knights have been very creative in getting fans ramped up and involved. The pregame is a show itself. I find myself watching their games and imagine how the Death Star will be if the Raiders are successful. It'll be like no Raider fan has ever experienced. Keep about the good work, Q. You're a man amongst boys in this podcast business, and you need to be in Vegas. That's from Raider Rob in Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for the text, my man. And uh, yeah, 10, 10 wins. The Raiders need to find 10 or 11 wins on the schedule and hope that's enough to make the playoffs. They've got to find 10 or 11 wins. No doubt about it. That's got to be the minimum this year if they're even thinking about the playoffs. And if that's the expectation and that's how Derek Carr gets a contract extension, cool. I agree with the pocket awareness. I agree with, you know, taking care of the ball. I mean, he's got to be able to do that in a major way. And on the side note about about the Knights, yeah, they got the best atmosphere probably in sports right now. They are incredible. They do a hell of a job uh, with their pregame, just intros and everything that they do there. And, uh, yeah, I definitely encourage everyone to go ahead and check that out. Thank you so much. That's Raider Rob in Pittsburgh. Next up, got a call from my guy Mikey the Barber in the 916. He's calling in to drop some bars. Well, not really bars, but definitely putting some rhythm to Gus Bradley's three words, fast, physical, ball out. Then he drops some words for Father's Day. Here he is, Mikey the Barber. Q, what up, man? It's Mikey the Barber. First of all, thank you for the shout-out, man, but uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have the, the energy to make that song, but uh, maybe this will help out a little bit. Fast, physical, fall out. Fast, physical, fall out. Fast, physical, fall out. <laughs> Somebody could carry that, carry that on, carry that tune on, and make something happen with it. <laughs> nah, I just uh, wanted to call and uh, and say, uh, you know, Happy Father's Day to all the Raider Nation, and uh, hope you guys all stay safe. And uh, congratulations to all your kids who have uh, promotions and graduations. You know, uh, it's a it was a w- really weird year for for all our kids, like going to. Uh, distance learning and all that stuff. So I kind of want to just shed some light to that, that whole thing. But, uh, you know, just want to say, uh, like I said, man, happy Father's Day. You guys take it easy. Peace. There he goes, Mikey the Barber. Appreciate that, my dude, representing the 916, Sacramento, California. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it on the, on Thursday's show that you need to put a little bit of rhythm to that, and you did. I like that. I like that. Now, maybe someone else could go and uh, put some bars behind us. See, T3 did his thing with it, so uh, everyone's having a little bit of fun with that. And I think that's cool. And, again, I mean, just like that little muscle memory that you did right there with the little beatbox, that's what the Raiders need to do as far as the players go. they got to have that muscle memory when it comes to playing defense. You know, it's just simple as that. They got to play fast, physical, and ball out. Just like Gus Bradley said, if that gets in their head in a rhythm like you just put down, then they can have some great things. They could do some really, really good things. So I'm not mad at that at all, man. That was good stuff. 
Definitely appreciate you. Uh, next up is a text from uh, Dylan in the 605. Oh, Mikey, and happy Father's Day, too, as well, my man. Next up, I got a text from Dylan in the 605. Hey, Q, it's Dylan from the 605. I agree that Derek Carr isn't an elite quarterback, but I believe he can be an elite quarterback. He's been on a consistent upward trend, and he's been putting up stats that are comparable to elite quarterbacks in some categories. I don't think it's just talk with Derek. I really believe him when he say he'd rather retire than play for someone else. He's been saying that since he's a Raider for life since day one. If I end up being wrong about that, then I'll happily admit I'm wrong. But until he proves me wrong, I have no reason to believe otherwise. I know it's how you are to take things with a grain of salt and try to be objective, and I respect that. I believe most of the Derek Carr hate comes from how long we've been a subpar team. If we had some success in the past, I don't believe half the fan base would want him gone. People just need some someone to blame. That's from Dylan in the 605. And, yeah, man, uh, I, I believe that, you know, Derek Carr, there's some truth to it when he says that I'd rather retire than uh, or, or quit than, uh, than play for another team. I believe he loves being a Raider, and he has said that. That's his day one. I don't think that that's that's false. But with that being said, it's a business. And I know damn well that, you know, I've I've worked at radio station thought, man, I'm never going to work at another radio station. And then, you know, at some point it's hours and then you go and do something else. You know, I mean, you go to another place. It's just it's a business. So I can see him saying that right now and feeling that way. But. You know, when push comes to shove, maybe, you know, the Raiders decide to move on from him. He's not ready to hang it up. And he says, you know what? I can go somewhere else and win. And he sees a situation that's a good situation. Not saying he's lying. Just I'm saying he's that's how he feels right now. Doesn't necessarily mean that's how he's going to feel if that time ever comes up. But I think for the most part, Derek Carr is a, a genuine dude. And what he says, he actually means. So, yeah, I see a lot of truth in that. Appreciate the text. And the final call today is going to come from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about the call that we had on Monday's show about Allegiant Stadium and a way to get the stadium really rocking and thoughts on what he thinks is a good idea to do when at the game. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Just wanted to call in, and I just got done listening on Monday's pod. And, uh, yeah, first off, the caller who called in in regards to, like, the stadium and kind of not hearing as much buzz about the stadium and, and also, you know, maybe coming up with some sort of uh, basically chant or something that the, you know, that would come to Allegiant Stadium and be kind of the new Raiders theme. Um, good stuff, man. I love that call, and I agree. There hasn't been enough chatter about the stadium. It's like last year was supposed to be our big year with the grand entrance with the draft and, and uh, you know, filling Allegiant Stadium first year in Vegas, and that rug just got, like, ripped out from under us. And I feel like – until we can fill that stadium and make it something rocking, it's, it's, that's what it's going to be. The fizzle was already kind of taken. It's hard to like rehype it when it was, we were so hyped up. If that makes sense. So anyway, I was got to thinking, man, the first game I ever went to in 2013 at Oco, um, just that symbolic Raiders chant you, that, you know, anybody who's been to the stadium knows about the Raiders. That chant, you know, if they could find a way to have, you know, all 60,000 fans chiming in at the same time, whether that be when the opposing team takes the field, you know, for the first time or it be just every time they take the field, if they could just find a way to get everybody synced up with that because that chant, man, it's an eerie feel when, when you go to the stadium and you hear that, at least at OCO. I've, you know, been watching Raider games for 20 years before I went to the stadium and the first time I went to that game at Oakland Coliseum, me and my wife were in line, and we were uh, – the chant started up, you know, as Raiders first Chiefs, uh, Matt McGloin was actually playing that year. And I never forget it. I came, like, back to Oregon telling everybody about, like, dude, you wouldn't believe, like, these guys are nuts. But that chant, it sticks with you, man. And so 
I think you hit it right on the head, that call, or you ended your call with the Raiders chant. I think that's what it needs to be, if they can find a way to make that happen, which it's already going to naturally happen anyway because that's just the Raider way. But if we could just sync everybody up at the right time and get everybody on it, I think it'd be something crazy. But anyway, Q, I love the the stuff about Carr. Uh, all those stats for me, I mean, you kind of named them off. They they really kind of paint a bigger picture of that it's easy for us to always want to make a switch at quarterback, myself included. I've been back and forth for years, but, you know, just to see steady progress, that's awesome. For me, if, if the Raiders as a, as a whole, just Derek Carr, John Gruden, I'm really talking about them, if they could just improve on the red zone, just make more of those field goals, touchdowns, I think that's all we really need to look at, you know. If they can just hit more points, man, they'll be in good shape. But have a good week, man. Peace out. There he goes right there, Jordan, Oregon, and that traditional Raiders chant, man, that is a good one. So, yeah, that'd make a lot of sense to do that, right? <laughs> Maybe they just need someone to lead that charge. Maybe they need someone out there to get that thing going. I, I don't know, but that would be good. I'll tell you this, man. If you're inside Allegiant Stadium and all of a sudden, you know, you get that crowd ramped up and fired up, that thing is going to be humming. That thing is going to be loud. It's going to be, man, you're going to be able to hear that thing cooking from, you know, like I said, from the strip, from the airport. You're going to be able to hear that thing all over Las Vegas if, if, if the Raiders are out there doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm excited about the potential of what they could be doing. So thank you so much for that. I definitely appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. So thank you so much for all the feedback and all the, uh, you know, all the retweets and all the, uh, you know, everyone reaching out throughout the course of the week. I definitely appreciate that. Had another good week of shows, uh, I do believe. And so have a great weekend. Have a great Father's Day weekend. Make sure you show your love to some fathers out there. Or, or uh, you know, if you are a father, hopefully you get some love shown your way as well. You know, as fathers, we never get the, the love that we're supposed to get, right? You know, it's <laughs> we never get that love that we're supposed to get on Father's Day. But it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be all right. That's how we roll. But uh, anyway, real talk. Have a great weekend, man. We'll be back here on Monday on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And, of course, we'll have news and notes of the day. We'll have some more calls and texts. We'll have some stuff collected over the weekend. There'll be a lot to talk about. Trust me, there'll be a lot to talk about, all Raiders related, as we get down. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.